Well, hi, everyone. Hard to believe that, like Maggie said, one week from tonight, we will be gathered in this space for Christmas Eve. I don't know about you guys, but that, um, I'm not quite ready for that. But here we are, and we are in the middle of Advent, and I've been doing a lot of thinking about past Christmases, sort of those moments that have been meaningful. In the Christmas of 2020, it was COVID. First time in about two decades that I hadn't been working on a Christmas Eve because we couldn't have a Christmas service because of COVID. And that night, my family, we gathered together and we decided to do something a little new. We decided that we would all walk some of the streets of South Minneapolis. It was dusk. We thought, oh, let's, let's look at the Christmas lights together. It would be so beautiful. And it was one of those um, moments that you couldn't really plan, but it was snowy. The lights were gorgeous. The kids, we only had three grandkids at that time. And the kids, as we walk, would roll in the snow. They would, it was so funny. They were eating the snow, too, while they were at it. But it was one of those beautiful, holy moments. A real moment of delight. But to add to that, what even made the story just a little bit more joyous, a little more fun, was... Um, that night, we decided, first time ever, we're going to do takeout for our Christmas Eve dinner. And so my husband, Steve, had his phone with them because we were waiting for a call from Famous Dave's Barbecue. They were going to be delivering in any moment. So we were all waiting for that. And Steve knew he'd have to run back to our house to meet the delivery person. So little context, which is important to the story. Steve also has an Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave in Chicago. Never once has he had a phone conversation over the years of our marriage, but we would see Uncle Dave at the family reunions every five or six years. But Uncle Dave had had about a COVID that fall, ended up in the hospital, almost died, but unbeknownst to us, because he was so grateful that he was alive and living, he was calling all of his nieces and nephews just to, like, celebrate life. So here we are, we're on this walk, <laughs> And the phone rings, and Steve looks at everyone and goes, hey, it's got to be Famous Dave's. And he picks up the phone, and we hear him say, well, yes, hello, Uncle Dave. And he puts the phone down, and he goes, oh, my gosh, this is the best customer service ever. Dave is calling me from Famous Dave. True story. He really believed it. And a few minutes later, as he, I hear him talking, he's like, oh, Uncle Dave. <laughs> True story, you guys. But it was truly one of those Christmas Eves that is a wonderful, joyful memory for our family. One you couldn't have planned. But um, we are in Advent. And we've been doing this series called Watch for the Light. We've talked about hope. We've talked about peace. Tonight we're talking about joy. And one of the things I wanted to say was every time that Matt preaches, he always starts his sermons off with who you are is more important than what you do, even if what you do gets more attention than who you are. And I love that. And I was thinking about that and didn't realize until someone at one of our women at the table gatherings um, said, one of the things I appreciate is the teamwork of Debbie and Matt, because Matt always reminds us that who we are is more important, and you always remind us of the both end of life. And I went, ah. Oh, I'm going to say that tonight because, you know what, it's really um, pertinent to what we're talking about. That we always hold the both and together. That when we hold joy, we're often also holding sorrow. 
So we're in this series called Watch for the Light. Um, we're talking about joy. And I wanted to take a moment, take a piece from Matt's sermon last week, because I loved it so much. Because isn't that what Advent's about, is just pausing for a moment? Just paying attention for a moment? So I'm going to take just 30 seconds. And if you're comfortable, shut your eyes. And I'd love for you all to think about a moment of joy. A time you've experienced joy. What that felt like. What it looked like. So just take a moment for that. We're talking about an Advent kind of joy tonight, a joy that's different. And regardless of what's happening in our lives, joy can and it does show up. Somehow, some way, it shows up in the most unlikely situations. So we're in the Gospel of Luke. If you remember a few weeks ago when Matt was talking about hope, he told us a little bit about Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth, elderly dealt with years of infertility, and out of the blue, an angel comes to Zachariah and says, good news, you're going to bear a son, and Elizabeth gets pregnant, and they end up being the parents of John the Baptist. Well, we're moving on a little bit further in the story, and that same angel comes to Elizabeth's cousin Mary, good news to this young, unwed Mother Mary, who was engaged to Joseph, and says, you will conceive a son, and he will be called Jesus. And so Mary gets that news, and she heads out for a visit with cousin Elizabeth. Here we are in the book of Luke. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. So here we have Elizabeth that I'm kind of assuming is still grappling with this miraculous pregnancy, and she gets a visit. Kind of could assume it's a surprise visit. There weren't a lot of ways to communicate then that you were taking a road trip. But she gets a surprise visit from her unmarried cousin, pregnant and unmarried, who had just learned of her own miraculous pregnancy. And I think about what they must have experienced as like 
disbelief and uncertainty and maybe even fear. Imagine those circumstances. An elderly woman like Elizabeth getting ready to give birth. An unwed mother, or a woman like, young woman like Mary who has just been told that she will have a baby. And knowing that in the culture back then that the minute Joseph would have said, hey, I'm not going to, I'm going to break this engagement. She would have been shunned. She would have been excommunicated from community. Imagine those circumstances for those women. Yet the baby in Elizabeth's womb leapt with joy at the sound of Mary's voice. But here's the thing. It wasn't the circumstances that caused the joy or the reaction of the unborn baby. The reaction was caused by the presence of God. And despite experiencing what must have seemed impossible, despite the complicated circumstances of Mary's pregnancy, they both were filled with the surprising um, presence of joy. And that, my friends, is the work of the Holy Spirit. The story, what it does is it reminds us that joy is not the absence of fear or disbelief or uncertainty or sorrow. That joy exists despite all the reasons that it absolutely shouldn't. And what I love is that Elizabeth's joy is not a joy that escapes the reality of life, but it actually embraces it. And here's what I love about joy. Joy is so often unexpected. It's unplanned. It's often um, uninvited. It's often mysterious. And I love that about joy. And the thing about joy is, is that it is wired into who we are. We are created to be beings that experience joy. I think sometimes we just need to watch for it. Do it again. Do it again. Okay, ready? Right there. Okay, do it again. Do it again. Right there. Right there. It is that joy. It is that joy that is wired deep inside of each and every one of us. And it certainly doesn't take much sometimes to experience that kind of joy. Here's what Kate Bowler has to say about joy. Kate Bowler is a professor, a podcaster, an author. And she says this from her book, The Season of Waiting. Here and now at the intersection of all that has gone before and all that is yet to come, I would like to say to you that there is something for which you were made. It is the thing that seems to make you forget yourself even as you become more and more alive in it. 
something rises up in you and you get an inkling that maybe, just maybe, this is why you were born. It's the oxygen that makes it possible to keep going. That is joy. You're fortified by it because you are a being that was made to metabolize joy. There is a rightness in joy. Joy comes in relationships and through experiences, through our stories that are woven together in this beautiful, beautiful way. And I think it's in the melding of our own spirit with the spirit of God in us that brings us that inner joy that expands and stretches our hearts and our souls. And in some ways it seems really simple and in other ways it seems mysterious. But it is a joy. It's a joy that is about the experience of God. It's about God's faithfulness. It's about God's presence in our life. You know, I think the important thing about joy, and it's just like hope, it's just like peace, it isn't about the circumstances always. Because if it was, and Matt and I have talked about this, we wouldn't be experiencing any of those things very often. Because guess what? Life is hard. There's a lot of crummy things going on in our world and a lot of people that are hurting and are discouraged and are sick and are grieving. Joy ultimately isn't about our circumstances. And I couldn't give this message without talking about Lynn Giovanelli and for a very good reason. Because a part of who she was was participating in joy. There wasn't a time that I met with Lynn that we didn't talk about joy. And in the last few months of her life, when her body was failing, and we were having long, hard, holy conversations about life and death and eternal life and what's next and how do we do this now, there wasn't a time that she didn't say to me, I experience joy every day. Days before she died, she said that to me. And for the months leading up to her death, one of the things that she and I would do, I'd bring my little round speaker, we'd play the music that we'd love to listen to, some of it for her service tomorrow. We'll be celebrating her life tomorrow over at Christ Presbyterian Church. But she'd love to listen to worship music. Sometimes we'd sing it to each other. And then when she could no longer sing, we'd just listen to it. And days before she died, we were playing one of her favorite worship songs. And she could no longer talk. So with her eyes, she typed out on her computer screen, raise my arm. And her caregiver, Susan, who was sitting next to her, I was on one side, she was on the other. She raised her arm in the air like this, and we listened to these words. i 
arms raised, all three of us, and tears streaming down our face, we experienced a joy in that moment. It didn't have anything to do with Lenny's circumstances. It had everything to do with the experience of God. Somehow, some way, joy happens, even in the most unlikely circumstances. I love the candle reading. I love the part where they said, God of delight, remind us that our purpose in life is not to produce, but to participate in joy. So I leave you with very simple, a simple question tonight. Where might you participate in joy? Because no matter what is going on in your lives, joy can break in. It will break in. And joy is a sign of the presence and the love of God, the reminder that God is still working. He's still making good on his promises. And so whatever your story Whatever your season, joy is yours for the taking. And in the words of Lynn Giovanelli, you can take that to the bank. I'm going to close in honor of Lynn with a Kate Bowler blessing. Blessed are we who wait with bated breath, who wait for something new to be born, for new hope or new joy or new life. Blessed are we whose patience grow thinner by the day. We who are tired of a world as it is and in all of its heartache and its loss and hopelessness. We who want more, more hope, more joy, more life. Blessed are we who sit here waiting at the still point between desire and expectation. We who are making room for more of you, oh God, this Christmas. Surprise us with joy in the midst of the mundane, abundance in the midst of such scarcity, presence in the midst of Christmas chaos. We have quieted our souls to listen, to wait for you, O oh God, for your word made flesh is life to us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Debbie. I was uh, on the receiving side of this time of that moment where I'm quiet and thinking about joy in life and how it all fits together. Life is a good gift, love is the point. When you recognize that, you have access to joy. And so whether you are Lynn Giovanelli or you are Debbie Manning, Steve, whoever, it's accessible in this moment right now, this idea of joy. But the only prerequisite for you to enter into that reality of joy is the recognizing that this is a good gift. I was sitting back there moments before, actually, now this is coming to mind. I'm going to try to connect the dots as I go, so bear with me. Begging my son, we got to $5. I'll give you five freaking dollars if you'll just go up. You don't have to sing. Just mouth the words. Just, just be a participant in the children's choir in that moment right there. And um, I, I could get real dark and crass about it, but like even that is a moment that is a moment of joy. <laughs> like the tension, the back and forth, the tussle, like him being who he is, me being who I am, all of it is joy. It's not always like fit inside of uh, all the coloring lines that we make, not always cute and cuddly. 
It's life. It's a gift. When we recognize it as a gift, we get to receive it as joy. That's good. That's good. Uh, Jesus, the night before he was killed, he, he all, you know, if you read these gospels, and I would encourage you to do so, you recognize that he walks around the earth. Whatever you might think of Christianity or Jesus in general, if you just study the life of this man, you recognize that he walks around with such an awareness of how weighty everything is. Not in this dire, scary way, but just like, do, do you guys see how beautiful it could be? <laughs> like, do you see how expansive, how good of a gift it all is? Jesus carried that with him all the way to the end. And the night before he was killed, he sat at a dinner where he knew the time clock on his life was running out. But he had one last meal with his boys. He knew one of the participants at that meal was gonna turn his back on him, but he still carried through and he said, this is my body, as he lifted up the loaf that was in the middle of the room. Nobody understood what he meant when he picked it up and brought it into the air, but he said, this is my body, and in a minute or three, it's gonna be broken for you. I'm living my life to the fullest, it's gonna cost me a whole lot, but this is my body broken for you. In the future, when you get down at a table with your people, with your enemies, with the neutrals in between, Remember me, remember me, remember the path, remember what we said when we were together. Same way he lifted up the cup that was in the middle of the room. And he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of all sins. So everything that you've been haunting yourself with as you stayed awake late at night, uh, don't do that anymore. We're good. This is the blood of the new covenant. You don't have to live under that old covenant anymore. You're free. Breathe, inhale, exhale. When you sit down at the table in the future and you pick up that bread, also pick up that cup and remind yourself again that you are free. Inhale, exhale. So we do that every week. In a moment, I'm gonna invite you up. You can take a piece of bread from the, the servers up front, dip it into the cup and receive that good gift, that holy sobering reminder that you are free, that you are loved as is right now and not because. Before we do so though, will you join me in just praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray as we recognize once more that this day our daily bread is a good gift. Will you please stand with me and pray with me. Our God who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. behind that song because uh, there's a little pushback from uh, people but every year that's the one thing as the leader of this church one of the leaders I'm insistent on we do go tell on the mountain and I'm standing by that so once I retire it might be next year you get to sing it too so that's <laughs> gonna be fun <laughs> um, hey I hope uh, I may see a lot of you tomorrow when we're celebrating the like Life of Lynn Giovanelli over at Christ Presbyterian Church at 1 o'clock tomorrow. I hope in the midst of the chaos and the busyness of Christmas, 
that you might participate, that you might experience joy. I'm very certain I will. Actually, tomorrow I think we'll experience a lot of joy. So, friends, if you put your hands out for our benediction, no matter who you are or what you've done, who you love or what you've lost, no matter where you've been or the places that you've stayed, you always have a place at the table because you are a beloved child of God and beloved you belong. Go in peace, participate in joy.